I'm S. Kate, and welcome to the Word Nerd Cafe, brought to you by the Right Hive Podcast Network. Listen in as our resident professional editors and a guest author discuss the intricacies of writing craft. For our inaugural season, we'll be focusing on beginnings. You can get access to all of the podcast episodes for the month and a whole bunch of other exclusive perks by signing up to our Patreon. All of our Patreon proceeds go towards making great programming and towards our sponsored artist fund, where we support a writer in need through their journey to becoming a published author. Pro Writing Aid is a proud sponsor of Write Hive. If you aren't using Pro Writing Aid when you edit, you are truly missing a trick. It goes beyond just grammar to help you strengthen the clarity and power of your writing. It highlights things like overused words, awkward sentence structures, inconsistencies, dialogue tags, slow pacing, and more. It integrates with Word, Google Docs, and even Scrivener. Pro Writing Aid will help make you a better writer. Check out ProWritingAid.com today. Our resident editors are Jenny Chappelle, Justine Manzano, Megan Manzano, and Carly Hayward, all of whom have tons of professional experience in the writing world, from big five publishing houses to small presses, hybrid publishing, and literary agencies. I'm Jenny Chappelle. I'm a novel editor with 12 years experience. I'm also a co-founding editor and board member of Revise and Resub, which is hashtag RevPit on Twitter, editorial director of Writer in Motion and co-host for the Story Chat Radio podcast. Hi, I'm Justine Manzano. I'm a YA author and a lover of stories dedicated to helping writers hone their craft. I've worked as an acquisitions editor, content editor, and line editor at small publishing companies, and I love geeking out over writing. I'm Carly Hayward. I'm a developmental editor at Booklate Editorial with over 10, almost 15 years of experience all over the publishing industry. I'm also a co-founding editor and board member of Revise and Resub, hashtag RevPit, and possibly the better half of Story Chat Radio. And I just love working with authors and helping being part of their team and talking books. Megan has and continues to wear many hats in the publishing world, freelance editor, writer, marketer for trade books, and now an agent at D4EO Literary Agency. She pushes writers so they can get the words on the page as close as possible to what's in their heads. All four of our remarkable editors love working with authors to improve their skills and are extraordinarily generous with their time and expertise. Don't forget to check them out in our Word Nerd Cafe on the Right Hive Discord. Our guest for April is Jessica Lewis. Jessica is the author of Bad Witch Burning, coming out in August, and Monster, which is coming out next year. She writes contemporary fantasy that's always full of voice and stubborn, strong characters you can't help but root for. This month, we'll be talking about voice. Voice is such an important element of writing, and yet it can be difficult to pen down. So first off, we should probably talk about what is voice and why do we care with examples can we just use all jessica's books for examples i guess we can't yet because Most they're not haven't read them yet that's yeah <laughs> we have to wait but i do have to say like i've had the pleasure of reading some of her writing before and it is by far some of the voiciest stuff i've ever read thank so, you that's great so job nice. jessica <laughs> that's why i'm so excited to have you on this particular so- uh, podcast. Yes, absolutely. Good um, planning. So 
I just actually did a uh, masterclass in voice that was like a four and a half hour class. So we're going to turn this like 15 minute episode into a four and a half hour masterclass on voice now. Um, I think we can. That seems easy. I definitely can. I still have all my notes. It's fine. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm vastly underprepared, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in my master class, I started out by defining voice as being the element that brings personality to your writing. And so we we do have different kinds of voice, which I think we'll get into later. But to me, it really comes down to voice equals personality. And, and we care because it's what makes reading engaging, right? Um, and so yeah. when we're talking specifically about fiction, we get that, that real connection to the voice. It's like, we feel like we're talking to another person because of that voice. And, and you can really tell the difference in voice between like, like boring nonfiction stuff. So like back in my day, we used to say the encyclopedia, but since that's not a thing anymore. Um, so, you know, that is really what makes the difference though, is you've got that very dry kind of personality less writing versus fiction, which gives us a lot of personality and voice. I had a moment, I was about to say something and it just flew out of my brain. And you got to visually see that because I'm on camera this time. It was like, <laughs> I'm not awake yet, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you're fine. I think it's, I think what tone can do, I mean, I'm sorry, what voice can do is that it really does establish, like you said, personality, but also it gives you an idea of the tone. It, it, it sets up a lot of what to expect in a story. I know personally, I always, I, I when you say personality I mean every one of my books has really kind of dark self-deprecating humor in it and that's because that is just the way I view the world and the way most of my characters tend to view the world because I was just gonna say where does that come from no not you Justine (laughs) it's weird so like it's that little bit of the author kind of getting to sneak into the story and it's it changes like it puts a a certain tint on the whole story because you're seeing it from a totally you're from that point of view now so yeah it can change it can change the whole way of viewing what you're looking at yeah I think voice is kind of ends up being like one of those ineffable words that everyone throws around and kind of is just like oh it needs more voice or I love the voice and people tend to just not even know what it is because sometimes it can be one of those things that's easy to feel but hard to pinpoint I think but once you kind of figure out that it's Mm -hmm. just like personality and it's either who the author is or who the character is and how they interpret stuff it'll start to come a lot more naturally and it can be really really interesting and fun to play with like it's fun to write in different voices I assume I'm not a writer so it's fun to edit different voices (laughs) (laughs) it is (laughs) Jessica I'd love to hear from you about like do, do you feel like voice comes really naturally to you or is it something you had to work at like what's your understanding of voice and how has that changed kind of over the course of your not exactly your career but like 
the progress, your growth as a writer is what I'm Mm -hmm. thinking. So voice was something that came naturally to me at first. So that was one of the things that I was okay at when I was um, a newbie, but I didn't understand why. It was kind of like I did it on accident. So I didn't understand how to replicate Mm -hmm. it. But uh, over time, I've decided to like kind of study and like what works here, what doesn't. And to me, voice is like not just how your character speaks, but it's also how they see the world, what they think, how they move, what they notice. So it's like it's in the entire book. And so after I figured that out, then I feel like my voice has gotten stronger with each particular character because it's now I know to like go back and edit and say, oh, well, she wouldn't say this or she wouldn't think this. And then I can like make sure everything is consistent throughout the entire project. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I I definitely think I've learned. (laughs) Well, sometimes, sometimes beta read for Jessica. I have to say that that is the Mm -hmm. hardest thing. Beta reading for Jessica because I stopped beta reading and I'm just reading and then I have to go back and I have to read the whole chapter That's again. That's a recommendation for Jessica's work because I, I love those kinds of edits when I like forget to edit. So, um, <laughs> same. But um, what I was gonna say is that I feel like when it came to voice, and I don't know if, if yes. this is true for every writer or if it was just my understanding of it, but it it was difficult to get down at first and it was mostly because I'd been sort of trained in the MFA world of you know writing by the textbook kind of you know you know what I'm talking the literary very and there's nothing wrong with Mm -hmm. the literary type of voice but that's kind Mm -hmm. of not me that is not my natural voice and so it took me a long time to sort of find my way out of that box but once Mm -hmm. I did that part sort of became easy that that finding the tone and finding that kind of the what what would be focused on and why and those things about the voice became super easy for me because I wasn't trying to be this super you know snobbery kind of person because that's not how I am and it became much more casual and the more casual it became the better Mm. I felt writing that makes sense And um, it actually makes me think that when I talk with authors about voice, one of the things that I'll often say is that voice is one of those things that like, kind of like what Carly was saying, Mm -hmm. that you might not always be able to pinpoint it. You sort of feel it, you know it when you see it. And so from the writer's perspective, in terms of finding your voice as as an author or finding a character's voice, it's like once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you learn it, then you see it all the time. It's just, you know, you see voice everywhere. So I think, I think that what you're speaking to Justine is a, is a very common thing for a lot of authors in terms of having to find what your voice is. And I think it's really common for authors to start by sort of mimicking other authors, even if it's not intentional, you sort of start by mimicking other authors. And that can be a great way to just kind of learn and understand what voice is. Yeah, I think it is kind of that thing with just artists in general, when people talk about finding like their artistic style, you start by mimicking Mm -hmm. and then eventually you end up in your own style and your own voice. Right. Jessica, I know that you're a plotter what do you do when you're plotting when you're like trying to find the new voice for this new project that you're working on 
Okay, so I am a big plotter, like huge fan, but the voice comes to me as I write. So I don't actually plan for the voice. I have like the character's backstory and like everything. I have like a good understanding of the character, but when I write, I have to kind of write my way into it. So usually my first chapter doesn't fit the rest of the book because I'm kind of figuring it out. But yeah, so that's kind of like spontaneous for me personally. I think that's pretty common of finding Mm -hmm. out who your character is as you're writing your story and then going back and applying it later to the beginning. Yeah, I think so too. So one of the other things we talked about in the masterclass that I think is really helpful for writers who maybe haven't quite figured out voice yet is learning to see voice. I think that's like, so like I was saying, like once you learn to see it, you kind of can't unsee it. So I think what can be really helpful is getting recommendations. We talked about examples. So getting recommendations about books or, you know, short stories or any kind of um, writing I know the, that is really voicey. I know the example Jenny is going to give. I always give the same example. <laughs> Should I steal it before you can say it? Go ahead. You steal it. A series of unfortunate events. No, oh! that's my omniscient example. Oh, damn. <laughs> But that is, I think it is one good example of what a voice sounds like. So the vo- the voicey book I always recommend is The Hate You Get. Oh, yeah. Um, like you start reading that book and like the first sentence, you are immersed in that voice. You start understanding who this character is right away, even though we know nothing about her. <laughs> and so I think that's that's the example I always use for voice. I so, have. Ha-ha, Carly. I'm so mad. Because I knew that too. <laughs> But so I think what can be really helpful. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I think what can be really helpful is to read different voices. So like the hate you give has a very contemporary voice. It's obviously a teenager. So, you know, if you want to learn to see voice, then you read something else that contrasts that voice. So Carly's example of a series of unfortunate events would be, it is very voicey. And it would be a great thing to read to contrast the hate you give. So sorry, Justine, I cut you off. What were you going to say? No, it's okay. I was going to say my example is The Knife of Never Letting Go by Patrick Ness, Mm -hmm. which centers around an uneducated 13-year-old boy who has grown up around nobody but men all his life because he is the last, I think there there are no women in the place that he lives. And he is the last child. He is the youngest of the children there. And he has, and also like you can hear his thoughts. It's a whole thing in the story, which you'll, when you, if you read it, you'll understand what I'm talking about, but you can hear, they, people can hear his voice, his, um, his thoughts around him. So it's his, his narration is sometimes like sort of quieter about certain things because he's not supposed to think those things because others might hear him. And he has a very, like, he, he's, the words are spelled wrong in certain places because that's how he says them or how he's learned them. And it just, it pulls you in a hundred percent. He's the first chapter, I believe is just him walking his dog and, and seeing something strange. And yet you, as you're like watching, like we're reading with him going through this, you are completely like, you totally understand so much of the world around him. And also the fact that his dog has thoughts and that dog has a 
separate voice of his own that is very dog-like um, is, is a lot of fun. And so I love that story for the voice because it you, you're just, you get the world or you get a large chunk of how the world is just based on what he doesn't think he's allowed to think what he understands about the world and how he simplifies certain things because he doesn't get it. And it's, that's just a really good one. I think totally. for voice. Jessica, do you have a favorite example for voice? I was not prepared. <laughs> you mean? <laughs> I know, but, but one I read recently <laughs> was called the scapegracers. Uh, I'll have to look up the author in just a second, but um, that book has like a really dreamy kind of quality to it. Mm. And the main character, I think the first time you see her, she's like drunk at a party. So, and then like, it kind of never lets up from that like drunk feeling. Mm. So I, that one was really interesting to that me. Is. So I, I recommend that one. Yeah. SK, you got examples for like fantasy voices. So I picked up a random book the other day and it has a fantastic voice. It's called... Three Mages and a Margarita, I think. Nice. Sounds awesome. Yep. It's hilarious. The title is very (laughs) voicey. Yeah, already interesting. It is. It's got this great voice. It's a contemporary fantasy. And I actually had just read Bad Witch Burning by our very own Jessica Lewis, Mm -hmm. which also had a fantastic voice. I wasn't, um, I didn't think that I was going to be able to find something that was that voicey, you know, for a while, but this one's a good compliment. So nice. Carly, did you have an example that wasn't my example? <laughs> oh man. You want to, you want to like use like your own example? Um, <laughs> fine. About like Terry Pratchett. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a yes. good one. There you go. That's a good How about one. That? Oh yeah. Well, and so that's like a whole author. It is. I know, it but really is. he has a very distinctive voice that's for true. all of his books. Yes. Yeah. So I think that when you can read then and, you know, get an idea of what different voices sound like, um, you can start kind of formulating that idea of what voice is. Something else that can be really helpful for this is audiobooks, because then you can literally hear the voice. So that can be very helpful for you as well, especially if you are more of an auditory Mm -hmm. learner rather than just like visual. So, um, that just my example was making me think because I was looking around my books for an example (laughs) you know it could be an interesting exercise is reading a book by say Neil Gaiman and then one by Terry Pratchett and then reading Good Omens Mm -hmm. because when I read it you can very distinctively see which author had influence on what aspect and what voice and that could be a cool way to kind of try to pick up on their different writerly voices. That's a great idea. The other thing I wanted to mention is that a lot of times voice gets lumped in with point of view, especially when we're talking about a deep point of view. Mm -hmm. So that would be like first person or a deep limited third person voice and that deep point of view often get lumped in together, but they aren't necessarily the same thing. They are very closely related though. Like you can't really have a good deep point of view if you don't have a strong voice Mm -hmm. and the voice itself feels lacking. If you know, if you're trying to write a deep point of view, the voice itself will feel lacking if you don't have the point of view deep enough. 
so what made me think of that is Terry Pratchett and a series of unfortunate events are both written in omniscient point of view. So even though they have very strong voices, it's not the same thing as a deep point of view. And that's like, I could talk about that for much longer than we have here, but Mm -hmm. I did just want to point that out that, so I see that sometimes in feedback with my clients that like, they'll send me something that their critique partner sent back. That'll be like, you know, the voice here isn't strong enough, but when I look at it, the voice is actually fine. It's that they need a deeper point of view. So it's just something I think to be aware of in your studies of voice is that sometimes those two terms are almost used interchangeably. I think that's a great point. And studying omniscient point of views versus books that are written in deep point of view, I think is a good way to try to separate those. And that's it, folks. Thank you for joining us. Every month, the first episode of Word Nerd Cafe will be free for everyone to listen to, while the rest of that month's episodes will be Patreon exclusive. So if you've enjoyed what we've offered so far and want to help a writer in need, Please sign up for our Patreon for exclusive early access to interviews, free books, and other goodies. If you're already a Patreon supporter of Right Hive, tell your friends to sign up too. You can also find more information about our amazing free digital conference by going to our website, righthive.org, or stalking us on Twitter at right underscore hive.